The man has a measuring tape in his hands, and the grass at his feet is almost white, bleached by drought. Alex swings the wheel and turns into the old graveyard. He goes down a blue metal driveway lined by a calligraphy of ghost gums and observes a bird settle on a tombstone. As it lands, its wings take the shape of hands in supplication. A ute is parked next to the far fence under an iron bark. He pulls up beside it. It's covered in Southern Cross stickers and bikey insignia. There are two men inside, both with long hair and thick, bristly beards. The driver climbs out. He's a bikey, wearing wraparound sunnies, and has a strange triangular dent in his forehead, almost squarely above the gap in his eyebrows. Tattoos cover his arms, hands, and throat. He offers Alex a cigarette. They smoke together for a while, looking at the gravestones, between which are patches of dying daisies and purple bush sarsaparilla, the stones slanting in opposite directions, stained maroon and green by rust and moss. A magpie hops sideways down the cemetery's far fence, and beyond that is the river, drying up. After a while, the man speaks. This is one of the oldest cemeteries in the state, you know. It's divided into four sections, see? He gestures with a hairy hand towards the opposite fence, which is buckling and dark with tree shadow, then makes a chopping motion four times in the air, hand moving left to right. Presbyterian, Anglican, Methodist, Catholic. A few Jews over there, a few gravestones in Arabic there, Syrians who came during the gold rush, you know. All the abos and chinks were buried outside the fence because they were heathens. No headstones for the unconsecrated. Somewhere beneath us there's hundreds of them. Thousands, maybe. He taps the ground three times with his shoe, as if knocking on a door. A hundred years ago, most people in the town couldn't even be buried here with a gravestone. He smiles vaguely, then says, Well, maybe you or me. Fuck that. I wouldn't want to be buried here anyway. Alex catches himself and stamps out his cigarette. No offence. <laughs> None taken, mate. How do you know all that shit anyway? Library card. Good for you. Alex scratches his ear. So. So. The man plucks a gum leaf from a branch and methodically folds it in half. He has very dry lips, which he wets with his tongue before speaking. I've heard things, Yaneski, things that offend me, things that make my life more complicated. I like my things to be simple. Life is never simple, brother. True, but a bloke can dream, can't he? You know, I wasn't even sure if I should come here today. I almost sent someone else. The men look across the headstones at a stand of poplar trees on the other side of the river. A boy in a wheelchair rolls off an unseen track and parks beneath them. But you're here now, says Alex. I am indeed. But we're jumping the gun, Yaneski. I feel like you had something to say to me. Alex smiles magnanimously. Look here, brother. Let's not mess around, all right? I know you're not here to fuck spiders. You're a smart fella. You'd be able to tell that I'm what you call a people's person. I meet all sorts of characters in this funny game. So recently, 
I made the acquaintance of some fellas in Sydney, fellas with a bit of dash, fellas that it's better be friends with than enemies, understand? More importantly, these fellas have a lot of product in their possession. Cheap, good quality, direct from Afghanistan. How cheap? The bikey asks. The man in the passenger seat of the ute is cocking his head, obviously trying to catch every word. Alex cracks his knuckles and says a number. The bikey nods. Competitive? But what if I don't want to meet your friends? Well, then things get complicated again.